Welcome to First Hamilton CRC Sermon Podcast. My name is Chris Schoon. I serve as the lead pastor here at First Hamilton. We are delighted that you are listening in. We hope and pray that this message will be an encouragement to you as you seek to know and follow Jesus Christ. You may not have realized it if you haven't been here before, but we've been singing a lot today. We're actually going to sing a lot more yet today after the message, and the message is going to be uh, a rather shorter message, uh, and I recognize that's relative to the person speaking at the moment. So it it is a a shorter message this morning, and and it is drawing us into this posture of praise, and how do we live after Easter? Easter's happening. How do we live in this space of joyous praise? And there's a couple scripture passages that we'll just touch on briefly this morning. The first is Psalm 150, and Peter Tigelar has put that to music, and we'll be singing that. Uh, and then John Schatt's going to come up and read the passage out of Colossians chapter 3. The Psalms were intended to be sung and have been through the ages, right back to the Levites and through the Benedictine monastic, monastic times and Genevan uh, tones of our own traditions. This is the, uh, the reggae ukulele version of Psalm 150. Praise God in his holy place Praise him in his mighty heavens Praise him for his powerful deeds Praise his surpassing greatness Oh, praise him with sound of trumpet Praise him with lute and harp Praise him with timbrel and dance Praise him with strings and pipes Oh, praise him with resounding cymbals Praise him with the crashing of cymbals Let everything that lives and that breathes Give praise to the Lord, Alleluia Alleluia Praise God in his holy place Praise Him in His mighty heavens Praise Him for His powerful deeds Praise His surpassing greatness Oh, praise Him with sound of trumpet Praise Him with lute and harp Praise Him with timbrel and dance Praise Him with strings and pipe Oh, praise Him with resounding cymbals Praise him with the crashing of cymbals. Let everything that lives and that breathes give praise to the Lord. Alleluia. Alleluia.
Our reading from Colossians 3, verses 15 to 17 can be found on page 1835 in your pew Bibles. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. My mom's here today, so I can't stretch the truth on this. (laughs) When I was a kid, I hated singing. I really did. I hated singing. I I had such a frustrating time with it, and, and we had to attend choir in school. I went to a Christian school, and we had mandatory choir, and I remember coming, going fits, you can ask my mom about this, and did this for two years until my parents finally wrote me a note to bring to school to give me a study hall instead of choir. And then we got a new choir director, Miss Alice Finley, who was exuberant and full of life, not just when she was conducting music, but all the time. And everybody wanted to be part of her choir, and suddenly I found myself missing out. And so I went back to my parents and asked for a note (laughs) to let me back in the choir. (laughs) And I learned to begin loving the worship and the singing. I learned to begin to enter into that space through Miss Finley. And it is a powerful, powerful experience to enter into this space of praise. It actually becomes, as we hear these scripture passages, a way of life for God's people. And I want to draw our attention to to Psalm 150 just briefly and and highlight a couple things from that and then we'll, we'll move into Colossians and then we'll get back to singing. So Psalm 150. It begins with this command to praise him, but then it it actually frames the psalm in three movements with, with prepositions. And the first is praise him in. Where do we praise him? It says praise him in his sanctuary and in the highest heavens. Praise him in the heavens. And what we hear in that is, is the place that, that in that world they saw God as dwelling and living. That's where we praise him. But it is also something that we begin to hear, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so as the people of Israel would say, praise God in the heavens, they're also saying because it's going to be praised there, because God is going to be praised there, we're actually desiring God would be praised here as well. It moves on, praise him for so the preposition changes them there. Praise him for all that God has done, all his marvelous acts, all his splendid deeds. It puts us in a posture of gratitude. 
puts us into this posture that praising God is, is about naming the things God has done for us and around us. If you read through the Psalms, there's a whole bunch of them that begin recounting what we call salvation history. They recount how God came to Abraham and gave the blessings. They count how God uh, rescued the people of Israel from, from Egypt and from slavery. They recount how God sent people along the way. They recount how God gave his law. And in most places we think of law as heaviness and burden, but in the Psalms the law is spoken of as a gift from God. That God has given this good gift and it's to be desired like honey on the lips. Something sweet and to us. Recount everything that God has done. I don't know about you, but that means we need lots of praise. We need lots of space to praise and lots of different ways of praising because of the vastness of what God has already done. And then it adds another preposition, praise him with. And it gives this whole litany of things. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. I love that, that it adds dancing in because some of us can't play music. It doesn't mean we know how to dance. But, but it adds it in there. Even our bodies are instruments of praise. That dance is part of how we praise the Lord. I won't go into how David danced naked in praising the Lord. Because we probably don't need that happening in here. But there is room for dancing. All through scripture it comes back to God's people praising him even with their bodies, not just their voices and not just instruments, but our bodies become an instrument for praising God. And it adds on to that. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Kind of chaotic, noisy, you almost want to cover your ears type of noise. We're going to make a joyful noise. Even our organ tried making a joyful noise this morning, right? It is that sense that we praise God and we're called to enter into this praise of God with whatever we have and however we can and for all that he has done and the direction of all this. There's actually a movement in here and the direction of all this is so that everything that has breath would praise the Lord. The act of praise, of God's people gathering for praise, of recounting God's goodness to us and lifting that praise up together is intended to be a missional movement that leads the whole world to pay attention to God and praise God. We cannot separate worship apart from mission. The point of our worship it's not just so that we would have good, fuzzy, warm feelings because we're a nice singing church. The point of our worship is that as we praise God, the rest of creation would be brought into that praise so that all of creation praises God together. It's reflected in one of our core values. Our core values, we have five of them here as a church, and those core values are intended to shape the way we live life together and the priorities we have within our community. And one of them is transformative worship. In worship, God's people encounter the living king of creation 
and are called to live according to his kingdom. Worship is a public event in which God's people declare his reign and by which we are transformed into a people who point to and demonstrate the good news of scripture by our daily lives. We become a grateful people because of what we hear God has done for us. So we read scripture, we remind each other. At times we tell testimonies in here to encourage us and build us up and to transform us into the type of people who go out into the world and say, it's really true. Jesus did die for our sins and he came back to life and that changes everything. We become a people who overflow with gratitude because of what God has done and is doing. And that changes the way we live. The Colossians passage helps highlight that a little bit more for us. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. That thanksgiving is in there again. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. That idea of of God inhabiting his people's praise. That idea of dwelling is is moving into the neighborhood type thing. It's an incarnational language that that God comes in and, and dwells, actually lives among his people. And it's framed here that, that God will dwell among us and God will come and dwell among us as we teach and admonish each other with all wisdom. And so there's some sense that when we get together, it, it, part of what we're doing is teaching each other. Not just me or who's ever preaching, teaching to all of you, but there is a teaching that happens among all of us together as we gather. And with that teaching, the the real challenging part for us. Because our tradition is so much about making sure we think right and that we believe right. This moves us into a different space. It says that teaching and admonishing one another comes through our psalms, our hymns, and our songs from the Spirit. It's not just the spoken word. It's actually also the sung word. Word. It's also the making of music together. The making of music and delighting. And God dwells in that and we are built up and we learn through that. There were kids up here just a few moments ago singing the song, Jesus Loves Me. There's a whole bunch of those kids who don't know how to read yet. They haven't gotten to that point of learning how to read. But they already know the gospel. Jesus loves me, this I know, the Bible tells me so. Little ones, all of them, all of us, belong to him. We all are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Even before we can read the words, we teach each other and admonish each other and build each other up. remember sitting with my grandma, my dad's mom, when she was... Uh, had really lost her capacity to recognize anybody around her. And we were sitting there with her while she was in the home shortly before she died, and we started singing songs. And all of a sudden, her face lights up. And those songs come back, and you see her mouth start moving. There's something 
powerful about who God is and how God reveals himself that comes as we sing these things together. And the beauty of how Paul laid this out in this letter is psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. There's actually three different types of singing he's referring to. Psalms refers to the psalms out of the Bible. The hymns were things that people in that day and age were already composing for God's people to sing together. They were coming up with their own words and their own ideas to say, we need to praise God and we're going to praise him this way. And they're, cre- they're creating and crafting their own songs. And then the songs from the Spirit. Those were ones that were actually made up in the moment. It's way more Pentecostal than what we're used to and way more charismatic. It would be somebody would stand up in the community of God's people and start singing and making up a song as they're all together and they would praise God through that that song that's being made up in the moment. And all those things together, Paul says, all those things together are part of how God is revealing himself to live and dwell among us. And the last part, all of this is not meant to scare us or intimidate us, but to be something that flows out of gratitude for what God has done for us. It really does in many ways as we worship together, as we sing together, we are being shaped to be a grateful people, a people who are full of thanksgiving and joy for what God has done and is doing. I'm going to pray for just briefly, and then we're going to go back to singing. And we're going to sing three songs in a row here. Uh, and they're meant to bring us into those spaces where we say thanks to God for what He has done and what He continues to do among us. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of our bodies and our voices and our minds for the capacity to create instruments and and design them and play them and use them in ways that bring you glory and honor. We thank you for this incredible gift of worshiping you as God's people. We pray that you would indeed dwell and inhabit the praises of your people as you have promised to do. May you come and live among us and, and as you do, may you transform us We might be a people who overflow with thanksgiving. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.